Live from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk, it's an X's and O's update on 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Last night in college basketball, Iowa saw their five-game winning streak come to an end. Up by eight in the second half against Michigan State, but then a big run. Pulled down by Ward. Now you got Blair. Two the other way with Lawyer leading. Ward, yes it was. How about that? The call from Tim Brando and Bill Raftery on FS1. A 24-2 run, part of an 82-67 Spartan victory. The Hawkeyes go on the road next, a Sunday road trip to Minnesota to take on the Gophers. Iowa State's in action tomorrow against 20th-ranked Ole Miss on the road in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. The Cyclones enter 14-5 on the year. Tomorrow in the Missouri Valley Conference, you and I host Evansville while Drake goes on the road to Valpo. And tonight on KXNO, the Iowa Wild on the road as they travel to Milwaukee to take on the Admirals. Iowa currently tied for Chicago for second in the Central Division with 53 points. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Myself, Ken Miller, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy hour. We've got a giveaway to get to. We'll do so in about 40 minutes, 45 minutes from now. We'll give away the Claxons Barbecue, an opportunity for one person to win a $30 gift certificate. 30 or 35? It's 35. 35. 35. Yes. Don't change the people, I Ken Miller. I don't want to do that. $35 gift certificate from Claxons in Altoona and a $25 gift certificate uh, to Claxons uh, will be awarded to the runner up. The games we're going to uh, include in the Claxons giveaway, we will use the Iowa Minnesota game. Uh, no line. We're just going to say pick them. Mm-hmm. Likewise, Old Miss hosting Iowa State tomorrow. Who do you like? Pick them. The Pro Bowl, AFC, NFC, only one point spread is involved, and that's tonight's Big Ten tilt. Michigan is a four-point favorite at Indiana, four-and-a-half-point favorite at Indiana. So give that some thought. The tiebreaker will use the two in-state Valley schools. Drake is on the road. You and I is at home. We only care about their points Drake and you and I will combine to score how many, and that will be a closest without going over. I want to spend a couple of minutes on the uh, Super Bowl, Trent, a week from us from Sunday, just to get your early thoughts on that. We'll t- spend a couple of minutes recapping Michigan State uh, and Iowa from last night for those people that just joined us. Uh, Matt Norlander coming up, CBSSports.com in 10 minutes, covers college basketball from a national perspective, and then inside the numbers with Jason Symbol. Out in Las Vegas. You know, prop bets are something that I'm starting to dig into. Are There's you? so many. The, the oh. Westgate released how over, many? over a thousand. Did they really? Over a thousand. How do you, well, I guess I know how you manage risk on that, but yeah. it's got to be a little tricky, right? So many of them. So many of them. And from the goofy ones, the National Anthem Link, mm-hmm. the Gatorade color, you know, all Heads, those. Heads, tails. Heads, tails. You get into all of that. But dig a little deeper in, and it does seem like you can find value in those, so... 
that has been where uh, a lot of my reading has been here the last couple of days. Haven't found anything that's, oh, I got to get on this right now. I have to put it before the lie moves or anything like that. This is so different than it used to be. Even when I started wagering online 20 years ago. Illegally. (laughs) Illegally. (laughs) Shh. There are, there are, here's the good news. You're not alone. Yeah. I know that. I know that well. And, uh, well, soon it won't be illegal. No, which will be a great thing. But back then, you could find things that you would hop on and they were bad. I mean, just unthinkable lines. But small minimums, though, right? When yeah, you, yeah, you're talking online, I think five, maybe 200 minimum, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of player I am, so it right. doesn't really matter to me. Anymore, most of these are pretty tight. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, look look at this. C.J. Anderson over under rushing yards at 11 and a half. It, you're not finding those those player props anymore like you once did. What about Gurley? I wonder, have you seen a number on his over-under total rushing yards? I could probably find it here quick for you, but away from the prop bets for a moment to the game. I'll tell you what I've been trying to focus on is who's Wade Phillips going to take away from the Patriots and who's Belichick going to try and take away from the Rams. And I got it. I mean, it's either Edelman or White, I would think, is what Wade Phillips is concentrating on. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the two weapons, right? They don't have a lot of weapons. I'll give you Gronkowski, nope. but he's, oh, he was really good in the uh, AFC Championship game. Um, but I would think that Wade Phillips is, because he's got two decent quarters. Mark Peters has not been good this year. Akeem Tlaib, has, he missed a whole lot of season. He's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Um, but I think Wade Phillips is probably, what would you do? Take away Edelman, take away White out of the backfield. I'm Edelman. Are you? I just... He's such a weapon. He is. Mm-hmm. And I and a team that doesn't have a lot. No, I'm continually baffled by that. Aren't you happy if you're the Rams if if this is a game where James White has 12 catches? But you hold... And Edelman, how many? Three, four. Yes, yes. I would sign for I, that. I would sign for that, too. I think so. He's, Edelman is so good at mm-hmm. this. And speaking of a guy like Edelman and... We've seen guys like this be able to find a role. Mm-hmm. I was like watching- Dorsett's doing right now. I mean, Dorsett yeah, is yeah. a horrible uh, regular season. He's been good in the playoffs. I was watching some Senior Bowl coverage uh, late last night oh, were on NFL Network, and guess who was the guy that was out there? A wide receiver, a white wide receiver that was out there doing his thing and getting a lot of the same kind of comparisons. I don't know who you seen him play in the national championship game a lot lately. Oh, the kid from Clemson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Um, and, and who are they comparing him to? Edelman. Yeah, yeah. Hunter, well, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Renfro out there doing his thing. They're talking about his ability to get in and out of breaks, great separation, mm-hmm. even without unbelievable speed. Trench, go back to what was he a true freshman the first time he was in the uh, national? Yeah, he must have been a true yeah. freshman. He had an impact on those championship games. Now they took him away out of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this most recent one, it didn't matter. No, <laughs> I mean that was his. Boy, oh boy, you think back to that. What a bloodletting that was the first Monday in January. Yikes, that it, was bad. It got ugly, didn't it? Yeah, it did. So um, those are the, that's what I've been kind of um, I'm trying to find Gurley here, and there's just there's too many props listed. Uh, it, it's, it, it's almost impossible to find what I'm looking for. There's pages upon pages upon pages of it. Let's do, let's do a couple of minutes on this then as you look, because I don't want to shortchange Matt Norlander. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get him in about five or six minutes. Um, but Michigan State last night, again, I... My biggest takeaway was, look, Michigan State's just a better basketball team. And it wasn't a lack of effort out of Iowa. They're diving on the balls. They've got the lead at the half. I know it's a 40-minute game, not a 20-minute game. Um, but, you know, they 40-17 to 17 is how Michigan State closed out this basketball game. 
It's a typical Izzo team, mm-hmm. but, but maybe lacking that true superstar. But it doesn't seem like that's almost when they're at their best. Yeah, Wits is a nice player. Maybe yeah. we're shortchanging him. I mean, Miles Bridges lost to mid, Middle Tennessee State. True, true. So yep. maybe this is the kind of team that even Izzo mm-hmm. can push further. And you, not the national championship team with Mo Pete and Cleves and those guys, but right. some of the other Final Four teams, you know, the one that got throttled by Carolina in the championship game, wasn't a great collection of guys uh-huh. that went on to the league. But they're guys that Izzo could push. He knew the buttons to push, and and I get that feeling with this group. Well, look at Ward. I mean, Ward has been unbelievable, especially against Iowa. He did mm-hmm. nothing. He was held, he was uh, scoreless against Maryland uh, in the the last time that Michigan State played. He was terrific. Goins was terrific. McQuaid was really good. Arns uh, diving on the floor uh, in between three Hawkeyes and coming up with the basketball before he twisted his ankle. It's a nice Michigan State team. They're the yes. best team in the Big Twi- by Big Ten, I think, by a significant margin, Trent. And I don't think this is an indictment at Iowa. I don't believe that this is going to be where we look back at this, and this was the beginning of the end for 2018-2019, that this was, all right, here it goes, it's going down. Here comes another Fran fade in February. Right. I don't see that happening with this. Group. Go to the barn and beat the Gophers. It's a it's a winnable basketball game. I think Tom Cake was right on the money. Minnesota is you can't get a read on them. They have a couple of nice wins. They got a couple of awful wins. I mean, Illinois blew them out, throttled them. Illinois, and then their their next game was a Carver Hawkeye, and they got crushed in a similar fashion. I don't get it with this Minnesota team. This is a winnable game, you know, prove to us that you um, and and I. I think that they will. I think they'll win the game. I really do. In this stretch, that's the one you look at. Well, they can get this one. And Indiana's no great shakes. No, they're playing. They've lost right. five in a row. And we'll see them tonight against Michigan. 5.30 FS1 has this game. Uh, you like these Friday night games. love the 5.30 games. And next Friday, Iowa. Now, is that a 6 or a 5.30? Do you know offhand? Don't know offhand. Have to take a little deeper look. But early start. Again for that one, you believe? Uh, well, I know it's. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you the start. Give me 30 seconds, and then we'll go to break. We'll get. Matt I got that we'll... Todd Gurley number for you, by the way. What is it? 59 and a half rushing yards. He's going over. I'm with you. He's going over. Iowa versus Michigan next Friday night. It is a 6 p.m. tip on FS1. Uh, oh. The Minnesota game's at 4 o'clock, not 5 o'clock. I must oh. have been looking at Eastern time. Four o'clock tip Sunday, FS1. Six o'clock tip a week from today or from tonight um, at Carver Hawkeye when uh, Michigan pays a visit. We'll take a time out. We'll get Matt Norlander in here. We'll talk college basketball on a national scale. Bottom of the hour, Jason Symbol inside the numbers, CG Technology. Claxons of Altoona Barbecue giveaway coming up at about 11.45. Trent and I until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you until noon. Jason Symbol, CG Technology out in Vegas, inside the numbers coming up. Right now, Matt Norlander, CBSSports.com. He joins the program. Matt, good to talk to you again. Along with Trent Condon, Ken Miller, how are you, Matt Norlander? Hey, hey good to be with you. Just uh, juggling home life and, uh, and everything. But it's good. It's, uh, we're in the midst of a pretty fun season here. I know there's probably, you know, at least with your listenership, some... Uh, some happiness and some skepticism given the uh, the state of your two big teams, but I think Iowa hoops overall is having a, a better than expected year. Yeah, it's it's been a step forward for both uh, the big programs here in the state. 
Now, not only are you a savant in college basketball, but you're also musically. I played a bumper there for you, one of my favorite old tunes. I got to see. I got to test Matt Norlander, his musical knowledge. Did you know the music coming out of the break there? You know what? I feel like I vaguely recognized it, but I could not tell you off the top of my head uh, what it must have been. So give me at least a clue here. We're talking early 90s, kind of an offbeat grunge. Uh, they had one big hit, Possum Kingdom. Oh, um, are we, oh God. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, my, are we thinking uh, Toadies? No. Yeah, you got it. It is the Toadies. That was Tyler. Put that in the Rolodex for your uh, listening this weekend. You'll like it. There you go. Very nice. I like it. <laughs> well done. Uh, Matt, let's go back to last night. Um, you know, I, my, my biggest takeaway is when you're talking about teams that could realistically win it all, and maybe Michigan State's not the first or second team that you're going to come up with, but boy, oh boy, they're on that list, and it's a typical Izzo team, and I'm not maybe not, without lacking that true superstar, although Winston may be that guy, and maybe I'm shortchanging him, but Michigan State's really, really good, and at this point looks like uh, the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, they they do, and I would say Winston is a superstar. I uh, any minute now, I should have my uh, player of the year power rankings uh, column post on CBSSports.com. Got Winston just outside the top five, but he's in the top ten, and they are they are superb. Given uh, given what they do on both sides of the ball, there's only three teams in college basketball that rate uh, top ten in offensive and defensive efficiency. The teams are Duke, Virginia, and Michigan State, and mm. Michigan State has been doing that consistently. Uh, for most of this season, um, I would argue that this team uh, is maybe, I think it gets credit for what it does on both sides of the ball, but um, it's getting more attention for how different it looks offensively now versus, frankly, what it looked like 7, 10, 12 years ago under Tom Izzo. And so uh, the offense is getting a lot of pub, but defensively that is a really, really strong team. And what it was able to do to Iowa in the second half last night was something of a, of a statement that will be heard, seen, felt throughout the league because Listen, it's no surprise to the coaches that Michigan State, you know, right there with Michigan, considered a tier above. But when you're able to do that on the road against a team like Iowa, um, it, it, it sends a big message. They are beatable, and they're going to take losses in the league. I think they'll take at least one or two. But this is setting up potentially, potentially, and there's a lot of competition, but this is setting up arguably as, as one of the five best teams Tom Izzo has ever had. Iowa, on the other hand, I don't think you can discredit this program for losing to Michigan State even at home how good Michigan State is, but they're improved from a year ago, no doubt, on the defensive end of the floor. Look, this isn't any great defensive team, but from what they were a year ago, it has been a big step forward. What's the what's the highest ceiling you can see for this Iowa team? Is this a team that could make a run into the second weekend? Yes, I think it is, but, you know, I said on our, uh, our CBS Iowa College Basketball podcast uh, a few episodes back, Iowa has, has been, for me... Uh, not just this season, but really across the past five or six seasons, has been one of the more uh, difficult teams in major conference college basketball to pin down in terms of what its identity is, how good it is, how predictable it is on a year-to-year basis. Offensively, the team is there. I like it. You know, you get Tyler Cook back in the, uh, you know, back in the mix here. He is so vital to what they do. I think Luca Garza um, is is an unheralded player, maybe not you know within your own state, but for what he does with this group, I, I think he doesn't quite get enough run overall. And, and given his size at the five, I think he's important. Defensively, you'd like to see a little bit more. But, yeah, with the pieces they have and how well they, uh, they, they do play overall on offense, they're not a great three-point shooting team, but they're good enough 
Um, they get to the foul line a lot, and they're a fairly solid free-throw shooting team. I think that gives them uh, a good enough chance. It might wind up being uh, a matchup deal in the NCAA tournament, but Iowa is certainly capable of making the, the Sweet 16 or our second weekend this year. And for Iowa fans, uh, that's obviously a huge thing because I remember I remember talking last year on your show and hearing from Iowa fans. They actually thought last season's team might have been more like what we've got this season. I happen to disagree at the time. I didn't think Iowa was setting up to be an NCAA tournament squad. That wound up being the case. But this group is uh, is certainly rounding into form, and it's fun to watch. And no, listen, the lost things, not a ton of shame in it. You don't want to drop by 15 points at home, no matter the opponent, whenever. But overall. The, the the resume is, is actually fairly stout. Okay, you get swept by Michigan State, reasonable. You lose on the road at Purdue, which, by the way, and it wasn't a close loss, but Purdue is ranking as a top 15 team across pretty much every predictive metric out there despite its loss total. There's no shame in that. And then you lose to a Wisconsin team, tough one to swallow back, uh, back when the Big Ten play started. But overall... Good marks for Iowa. Good progress. You know, you mentioned that player of the year list that's about to be posted at CBSSports.com. Uh, uh, I, I know Grant Williams is very high, and at least I would assume that's the case. Is his teammate Schofield who had a uh, kind of an off night for him against Vanderbilt? Point being, Tennessee's got they got some guys, including maybe a guy that's flying under some people's radar in Grant Williams. Although after what he did uh, against Vandy the other night with forty something and twenty three from twenty three from the free throw line, Williams is on your list as Schofield. Yeah, Williams is. Cofield is not. I actually, I think I have a in the Williams capsule, so to speak. I write if I made a top twenty, Cofield would easily be on it because there are only three teams in college basketball who I think can claim two players in that top twenty range. And my list is just a one through ten to kind of kind of keep it uh, more elite, if you will. And the teams are Tennessee uh, with Williams and Cofield, Duke with Williamson and Barrett, and then actually Gonzaga with Brandon Clark and Rui Hachimura. Um, they have easily been two of the top 20 players in college basketball this season. All three of those teams obviously favor well going forward. They project well. their Final Four and national title contenders. With Tennessee, um, they've been, they, were, they were obviously very good last year. Grant Williams is the reigning SEC Player of the Year. If he wins it this season, he is obviously pacing to do that. He will be the first player since Corliss Williams wow. to win it back to back in the league. Now, obviously, a function of the One modern draft era, yeah. is, you know, over the past fifteen years, if you're good enough to win SEC Player of the Year, chances are either you're right. a senior or you will be heading off to the NBA draft. So um, that's why we have that uh, that stat out there. But overall, yeah, Grant Williams has been fantastic. Schofield is just as or nearly as good. I wouldn't say just as good. He is nearly as good. Schofield actually projects a better NBA player because of his athleticism and mm-hmm. size. And um, just a few of the uh, the tangles that he does that seem to uh, really connect better at the NBA level. But regardless, Tennessee is legit. And I feel like, and this is refreshing, I feel like although this isn't a a school with a ton of amazing basketball history, because it was good last year, um, on the whole, the general public college basketball fans are more embracing of considering this Tennessee team to be what it is, and that's a top-five team in college basketball. And yes capable of winning the national title. Well, uh, when the SEC Big 12 Challenge was announced, it looked like Tennessee, West Virginia would be a good one. Maybe not the case there. Nobody anticipated Iowa State at Ole Miss, though, was going to be a top 25 matchup. Maybe you thought that for the Cyclones, but Ole Miss was picked to finish 14th in the league this year. What has Kermit Davis done with this Ole Miss team? Give us a little little look ahead here with the Rebels tomorrow with Iowa State. I will, and you hit on something that's so funny is when we have the schedule come out, you know, when you see it leading up to the season, you always have these games you're like, oh, that'll be a good one. But the scales tend to balance, <laughs> as you mentioned, Trent. 
the the uh, the West Virginia Tennessee one isn't what we thought it would be. But guess what? Iowa State at Mississippi. I actually I said this on uh, on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, I said that I thought this game has the best chance of being the closest game of all the notable ones this weekend. Kermit Davis comes over after taking Middle Tennessee State to the tournament a number of times in recent seasons. Uh, college Hoops fans will remember it was his Middle Tennessee team that beat Michigan State in what was honestly, from a betting, uh, from a point spread perspective, that was the greatest first round upset in NCAA tournament history until UMBC did what it did to Virginia last season. So I actually wonder if a decade from now, the Middle Tennessee over Michigan State might get lost to the ages. That was a true, true mm. stunner. Heading into the tournament that year, Michigan State was a top three favorite to cut down the net. So Kermit does a great job here in Ole Miss in year one, greatly exceeding expectations. They've stumbled a little bit as of late, dropped two of their, their past three, including a home game against a good LSU team that only has three losses. The The Rebels have, I think, a backcourt that's going to match up fairly decently with what Iowa State has here. But I, I don't know, like, with how effective Halliburton has been, uh, obviously a tremendous three-point shooter, one of the best in college basketball, and, in fact, Halliburton's points per possession is among the very best in all the sport, not just among freshmen. He's going to go up against a couple of uh, – or a trio, really, I should say, of good guards. And Terrence Davis, who has been a borderline top-five player in the SEC this season, uh, Brian Tyree, a very quality junior, and then Devontae Schuler, who actually happens to be a former AAU teammate of John Morant. Um, uh, in fact, <laughs> Zion Williamson and John Morant's time on the same AAU team has gotten some run. I had a story up at CBSSports.com this week about it. But Devontae Schuler, now at Ole Miss, was also uh, on that team, and he is a strong player as well. So Mississippi, on the whole, I don't know if they're quite as good as their 14-4 record, but offensively they're, they're very strong going to be an interesting test for Iowa State. I am going to take the Cyclones to win this game. I, they have more talent than Ole Miss, and although they've been, I wouldn't say inconsistent, because I think that, that's taking them down too much of a notch. Steve Prohm and his staff have done a great job. They just have uh, they've had some random bumps along the way that have kind of canceled out some of the high points overall. I thought they played well earlier this week, and I think that they can get a win here, but I do think this sets up as really maybe the best and closest game of the weekend. Yeah, Morant, college basketball and all the NBA scouts, he has college basketball paying attention last night. He gets hurt uh, early in the game. Let me let me ask you this, my final thing for you, Matt Norlander, CBSSports.com. Help me out with the Big 12. I, I don't think it's as simple as, you know, it's going to be Kansas again. Uh, it might be. Um, but K-State's playing well. Texas Tech, although they're sliding a little bit right now. Iowa State's got some athletes. It's going to be a fun Big 12 race down the stretch. It will be. I do think it is as simple as Kansas is going to win it again because, uh, you know what, you can call this reductive, and it is, but I simply am not going to pick anyone against Kansas to finish the top of the Big 12 until it doesn't happen. Um, we have had years. It's funny because, guys, I've heard, like I heard Billis say this on television. I've heard a few other analysts, I've seen a few uh, people mention it in, in columns or in tweets, that are, that are saying that this season – with what Kansas has dealt with from a roster uh, issue. You know, they haven't had Sylvia Sousa active yet. Yudoka Azabuki is out for the season. And given, you know, the talent in the league around it, like, this seems like it'll be the biggest challenge. Guys, I've heard this three of the past six seasons with different kinds of uh, competition within the league or hurdles with Kansas. Last season, they dropped way more home games than they ever had under Bill Self. I, ju- I just don't believe it. I think Kansas is the best team. I think Iowa State is right there with talent. I really do. I think if you simply took Iowa State's roster and, and Kansas's roster and hadn't played a play card twenty uh, a playground twenty times, like I might take Kansas twelve out of the twenty. It's it's not that big of a disparity overall, but it is a fascinating race. Kansas State looks like a different team with Dean Wade healthy in the lineup. The fascinating thing with Texas Tech is this: 
dropped three straight by an average of 9.3 points, and despite that, is still rating as the best per-possession defense in all of college basketball. That's a really positive sign for Texas Tech going forward because it's not going to continue this. It's going to bounce back to you closer to what it was, and so I would think Texas Tech is going to uh, to move back up the conference standings and should finish top three overall. Projecting out, I would say Kansas won, regardless of any of if any of these teams tie in the standing. I think by the time we get to the end of the Big 12 tournament, the top four will be like this. It'll be Kansas one, Iowa State two, Texas Tech three. Kansas State four, and then there will be a noticeable drop off. They're probably going to get five and six teams into the tournament. Now we'll wait and see if that's Oklahoma, TCU, Texas. Maybe Baylor can make a big run, although I don't know. Um, but I think the top four will be uh, certainly a separation from the rest of the Last thing for Matt Norlander from CBSSports.com here on Miller and Condon KXNO. Uh, and it's the obligatory Duke question. Trey Jones looks like he's going to be back for the game tomorrow against Georgia Tech. Certainly the most talented team. Is it still the team you're picking to win it all as we sit here on January 25th? It is not. I did. I picked Kansas Whoa. in the preseason. I haven't had Duke the entire season. So I had Kansas in the preseason. I've shifted off of that. And uh, and over the past three weeks, basically since Atsubuki went down, I've shifted to Virginia. I maintain Virginia is the best team in college basketball. It only lost by a bucket at Duke mm-hmm. last week. And I know Duke didn't have Trey Jones in that game, but in that environment, uh, no shame there. Duke is, is fun. They're, they're, they're as entertaining of a watch this season as they've been since J.J. Redick was, was uh, going for National Player of the Year. But overall, I can't trust a team relying on four very talented freshmen. Yes, they can win the national title, but when I look at the top of the sport and I see veteran Michigan State, veteran Virginia, veteran Kansas, veteran Gonzaga, I'm sorry, those teams have almost as much talent as Duke, and they have more experience, and their coaching is just about there as well. In a one-and-done tournament setting, I will not be picking Duke to win it all. I don't care if they don't lose again until the start of the NCAA tournament. Like I'm not picking them to win it um, purely based on I love the talent of other teams combined with their experience, and most of those teams I mentioned, by the way, have really good guard play. Indeed they do. Matt Norlander, CBSSports.com. Matt, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Thank yeah, you. you do the same. Matt Norlander, CBSSports.com. Love having him on, Trent Condon. It'd be great if we could get him on a weekly basis. Wink, wink. Maybe you can spend a little time this weekend facilitating that uh, if you possibly can. All right, we are going to go uh, right out to Vegas. Jason Symbol, CG Technologies, going to join us momentarily. Uh, we've got some barbecue to give away before we uh, get out of here at the top of the hour. We'll do that coming up here in about oh, 10, 12 minutes, somewhere around there. Off we go to the desert. Jason Symbol, CG Technology, inside the numbers we go with Jason. How are you, my friend? Trenton Ken, how's things, Jason? Hey, guys. Things are good. Calm before the storm here as we uh, head into the Super Bowl week. <laughs> it absolutely is. Uh, I'll get into the props and how busy you guys have been uh, trying to formulate those in a minute. But I want to go back to last Sunday night when the number was posted at CG Technology. Like most places, the early uh, the Rams were the early favorite in this football game. At least briefly, uh, you put a number up, and that number apparently uh, across the state of Nevada was attacked and attacked very quickly. Yeah, that's right. So the Rams opened as a one-point favorite, and kind of even before the day started on Sunday, we had the Rams slotted as a one-point favorite if that matchup would have happened. And you know, from a from kind of a number standpoint, a win in New Orleans is about as equal as a win in KC. So you figure, you know, both teams won the game on the road. Both both wins are equally as impressive. So the one-point number is going to be what we're going to open with. But obviously, the perception was that the Pats were 
were, were actually supposed to be the favorite. So that one didn't last at all. We immediately went to a pick them. Uh, we took sharp money on the pass at pick. We went to one and a half. We took sharp money there. Uh, and then finally, it was until uh, we went to pass minus two that the sharp guys stopped betting New England, but the public pounded New England minus two, which is why it's at two and a half, and that's where it's been pretty much all week since uh, Monday. Any concern at all that this is a a fake move, that the Sharps are going to come back on the other side on the Rams? Could you see it, in, and maybe especially if that number gets to three? If it gets to three, I certainly think that you know, you're going to have some people who laid one, so they're going to, I'm sorry, who took one with the uh, pass, and they're going to take three with the Rams to give them basically a four-point middle. I don't really expect the three, though, to be honest. I mean, we were at about 85% of the tickets on the Patriots, um, mm. and then uh, that was yesterday morning. By yesterday night, that number had reduced to about 75%. So slowly but surely, some Rams money's coming in. I kind of expect the the LA-based tourists to really start getting in next week and betting the Rams. So I do think it's going to even out a little bit, um, but I definitely think we're going to need the Rams. You know, did you did you notice that Jason throughout the regular season? I, I know that you've said uh, you know throughout the years that when the Lakers are good and in the playoffs, uh, you know you're going to see more Lakers money, you're going to see more Dodgers money just because of the proximity to Los Angeles. Were the Rams or the Chargers? Did you notice that throughout the regular season? Yeah, more so with the Rams and the Chargers. I mean, the Rams started off the season so well, like nine or ten and zero or whatever it was, and uh, you know they, we need we needed the other side every week. But also in the futures, we actually do a quite quite a bit better uh, on the Patriots in our futures uh, than we do with the Rams. And the Rams are actually more of a favorite than the Patriots for a lot of the year. But for whatever reason, people don't love betting New England in the futures, and everybody was on the Rams. And I think that's you know kind of the LA tourist base. So. One of the things that we do have going for us is that we do a bit better to New England in the futures, which is going to balance off some of the risks that we're going to have for the game. You mentioned uh, the the people coming in, the Rams making their way back to L.A. after a long time in St. Louis. How big is that fan base? It, it's not the Lakers, I get that, of the NBA and the way that they travel to Vegas, but in comparison to some of the teams in the past, how many Rams fans are there out there that you see? I mean, I think Lakers are always going to be number one in L.A., and it's going to be hard to top that. And the Dodgers are pretty popular, too. So it's not a ton yet. I mean, we have there are a lot of Rams fans here, but to be honest with you, it's more Raiders town. And it actually was mm. even more of a Raiders town prior to the move. Really? But now with the move here, yeah, now with the move here, um, it's going to be, you know, with the really heavy Raiders. I think where most of the L.A. money is going to come are from the people who take the weekend trip out for the Super Bowl. You know, the L.A. is about a four-hour drive to Vegas, so it's very doable for a yep. weekend for sure. Jason Simbel, CG Technology, is our guest. Uh, Jason, uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but the, the Pac-12 declined the option on the 2020 uh, Pac-12 football championship game at Levi Stadium. That tells me that bad boy's headed to Nevada. Is there a chance that you'll get the Pac-12? You always get that game at... Uh, um, oh, what's UNLV Stadium? Uh, what's it called? Boyd. Boyd, Sam Boyd Stadium, right. So that that's going to go away as far as hosting that game there. But Trent threw out this this morning. Is there a possibility that maybe you guys get a another bowl game right after Christmas? So two bowl games and the Pac-12 championship, making it you know three big games, not NFL-related in the uh, month of December? I also think it's possible. To answer your question, yes. And I also think it's possible that we end up getting one of those like early September kickoff games. You know, they have oh, one sure. in Atlanta. They have one in Dallas. So I actually think I can picture like, you know, USC, Texas, or a matchup of that caliber, um, you know, USC, Oklahoma, something like that being in that stadium as well. So I certainly think that in addition to uh, the UNLV home games and the Raiders home games, we're going to get 
two or three or maybe even four big-time college football games as well. All right, Jason, the props are out there. I saw your competitors at the Westgate had over a 1,000 of them. You got, you got anything that's created a buzz, anything goofy that you guys have thrown out there outside of the standard touchdown passes well, from Tom Brady and the like? Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to bet the same stuff. You know, they bet the over on the touchdown passes, the over on the rushing yards. Will there be overtime? Yes. Will there be a safety? Yes. So I'll, you know, spare everybody from those because they're all going to bet those. <laughs> the one thing that we did put up earlier in the week was the alternate lines and total. Uh, those have been up, you know, because those, those don't really have as much to do with the matchup as the numbers. So we put those up early in the week, and there's a few of them that really stuck out to me that I wanted to mention. The first one is we took some really sharp action on the Rams' alternate first quarter spread minus three and a half. That's at plus 210, which I thought was pretty interesting. So I think some sharp guys think the Rams might get off to a good start. Um, and then the other thing that I noticed was the first half uh, over-under uh, is 27. Now, we put up an alternate uh, first half over-under at um, 24, and the sharp guys bet that under at plus 160. So those two I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, is the wrong team favorite in this game? Were, were, was, was Vegas right when they made the Rams an early favorite, Jason? Well, it's tricky because the power rating that we have is kind of based on the full season, right? And if you actually just find from the public perception, the Patriots easily won against the Chargers and the Patriots, you know, had the game against the Chiefs in hand. You know, the Braves threw an interception in the end zone. They got stuffed on fourth down and they still were able to win a road game. So I do think that, uh, that, you know, I think this game is a pick 'em. Uh, I would be hard-pressed to lay two-and-a-half when I think the game is a pick em. Mm-hmm. But the public perception is, how can I bet against Brady and Belichick again? Mm-hmm. Uh, last year in Nevada, there was $158 million, almost $159 million, uh bet uh, on this game. As we know that uh, sports wagering is legal in a whole bunch of states, what do you think that's going to do? That's a pretty good, uh, I would think, an indicator of you know what this is doing to Nevada, if ever, anything, and I'm not sure it is. Do you think you guys... Despite the fact that there is states, you know, as air quote competition now, will you guys surpass the 158, the record number you, that Nevada did last year, do you think? I do think we'll surpass it. I do think the reason is because, you know, there might be some, there might be something to be said about the overall volume that we face decreasing potentially over time as more states legalize. But to me, the Super Bowl is like Disneyland, right? Amusement park near your house but you still take the trek to Disneyland with your kids every three or four years and spend a ton of money to do it just because it's special. Yep. To me, coming to Vegas for the Super Bowl is kind of a special attraction, and I don't think you know, betting in other jurisdictions is going to ever take away from that. I don't either. Great stuff. Jason Sybil, CG Technology in place of the Venetian Palazzo, Cosmopolitan, Hard Rock Palm, Silverton, Tropicana, and headquartered at the M. Thank you, Jason. Good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Jason. Symbol CG Technology as we go inside the number. You like any of those alternate line props that he put out there? You know, last year I got in the NCAA tournament, I started to get kind of deep into that world. That's a fun one. What Games that you feel mm-hmm. confident, well, why are you just laying four and a half? If you're feeling real confident about mm-hmm. it, lay eight and a half. Did that with Michigan a couple of times in the tournament last year, worked out well. What would you lay the Rams at? <sighs> alternate line. Would you go to four and a half? Okay, am I getting plus two seventy five? Somewhere around right there. in there. I think about that. That would be. I think the wrong team's favored. I you're you're much deeper into the Rams than I am, though. I like it. I can mm-hmm. see it. They'll check in two weeks to prepare. I know. And who's he going to take away? Brandon Cooks. He's going to take away mm-hmm. the running game. Yeah. Um. 
I don't know. What I do know is we're going to give away some fabulous barbecue from our friends at Claxons in Altoona. Claxons in Altoona is going to give the next four callers at two eight four five nine six six an opportunity to guess against the. Well, there's no point spread in three of the games. It's a pick 'em, but we'll give you an opportunity. We'll give you the games. You give us the teams that you think we're going to win. If you're right, the winner gets thirty five dollars. The runner up twenty five. If you're getting a ring right now, you are in. If you're getting a busy signal, you're going to have to wait another week. Claxon's Barbecue has got the four contestants already. Uh, we will do that when Trent and I come back. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon back here once again with you for New Leaf Wellness Center with the new year here. Time to get in better shape and better health. Let's do it with New Leaf Wellness. Going on right now, their food sensitivity test combined with their weight loss evaluation is 20 off. That's 20% off for the two tests combined, food sensitivity and weight loss evaluation. They're located on Westtown Parkway in West Des Moines, 3930 Westtown Parkway, or just give them a call, 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. Again, that's 650-1358. They can help you feel a lot better. Speaking of feeling better, one other quick thing. Our listener that called in a little bit ago he uh, had already won, so we got an open phone line here for you. If you're looking to win that Claxons, Claxons barbecue giveaway, just give us a call right now, 284-5966, an open line for Claxons, and with it, a chance at 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. Tell them Trent sent you. We'll be back with your barbecue giveaway in a moment. Hello, I am Anna Lukes, Marketing Director at Wildwood Hills Ranch. Wildwood Hills Ranch is a nonprofit organization in St. Charles, Iowa, that serves vulnerable youth and veterans and their families and your local community through educational programming, leadership development, and equine therapy at our 400-acre ranch. To learn how you can help make a difference and transform a life, please visit wildwoodhillsranch.org slash donate today and click to become a dream. Builder. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, Claxon Smokehouse and Grill Claxons. 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Check them out online. Claxonsbbq.com. Claxon. Uh, bbq.com klaxon bbq.com you can find them in altoona we are going to give away some barbecue uh coming up here momentarily i want to do this trent because i can't remember if i did it earlier so i err on the side of caution and if i did this earlier i apologize but it's time to pay your bills with 1460 kxno and ekg golf text the keyword pizza to 200 200 right now for your chance to win a thousand dollars that's pizza to 200 200 Right now, message and data rates apply. All righty. Uh, we've got a couple of gyms. We've got a Bill and a Matt. We'll give you four games and a tiebreaker. You tell us what's going to happen. If you are, get the most right, you'll get uh, $35. The runner-up, 25 Gym number one. How are you, Jim? I'm good. Good to talk to you. Uh, the Pro Bowl, AFC, NFC. Who do you want? <laughs> I have no idea. I'll say the AFC. <laughs> That's where I would have gone to, and I have no idea. Uh, Iowa State is in Oxford, Mississippi. Old Miss hosting Iowa State. Pick them. Who do you want? Old Miss. Gophers hosting the Hawks Sunday at 4 o'clock. Pick them. Who do you want there? 
Minnesota. Tonight, Michigan is at Indiana. Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Indiana. And here's the total points. Bulldogs are on the road at Valpo. UNI is at home against Evansville, Trent? Yes. Evansville. So it's just the Panthers and the Bulldogs will combine to score how many points uh, against their respective opponents closest without going over, Jim? 131. Jim, have a great weekend. Thanks for the hey, call. Thank you. All right, we've got another Jim. Let's get to the Jim number two. Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm cold. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> AFC, NFC, who do you want there? Uh, I'll say Bradshaw hits one with a uh, touchdown. <laughs> Mel Blunt gets an interception, so give me the AFC. Those were the good old days, weren't they? That's the last time I watched that game, I believe. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. Uh, Iowa State at Old Miss, who do you want in that one? Rebels. Okay, uh, Hawks, Gophers, pick them. Go Hawks. Michigan, four and a half over Indiana. Uh, the Big Ten's big two, so give me Michigan. They are. Michigan and Michigan State, and that's it. Yep, I'm feeling the same way. Maybe Maryland, but I think you're probably going to be proven right, Jim. All right, total points. Drake will score how many? You and I will score how many? Combine them closest without going over. 124. Jim, have a good weekend. Appreciate you listening and bringing back some 70s NFL memories for us old-timers. Uh, hey, Bill, how are you? Good, guys. Good. AFC or NFC, Bill? NFC. Uh, Iowa State, uh, Ole Miss, pick them. Cyclones. Uh, Hawks, Gophers, pick them. Uh, Hawks. Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Hoosiers. Michigan. And total points, Drake, you and I, closest without going over. 132. 132. Thank you, Bill. Enjoy your weekend. You too, guys. Thank you. Uh, Matt is the uh, final contestant this week. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, AFC or NFC for you, Matt? NFC. Iowa State, Old Miss, pick them. Old Miss. Hawks, Gophers, pick them. Hawks. Michigan gives four and a half to Indiana. Michigan. And total points by the Bulldogs and the Panthers, closest without going over. 139. 139. Matt, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Thank you to Claxon Smokehouse and Grill 3131, 8 Street Southwest in Altoona. Claxon, uh, com. Trent Condon. Yes. Not will you watch the Pro Bowl. I will. I'll flip it on. So that means you're betting the Pro Bowl no, was going to be my no, question. I, no, I will not bet the Pro Bowl. You I, you have your limits. Have you, I do have it? my limits. We got golf back on. Mm-hmm. Boy, was it nice to flip on Golf Channel yesterday. John Rahm's around yesterday. Now, yes. Tiger was kind of up and down, right? Yep. Yeah. Inconsistent, uh-huh. but I, I talked about liking to play those uh, alternate lines. Mm-hmm. What would you do? I've been getting deeper into the golf. I, I didn't do anything before the tournament. Going to wait till the weekend to probably fire a couple of things, but golf betting get much bigger in the Condon household. Is that saying that I have a problem? No, hardly. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. You know what? I probably will watch some of it. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's Sunday afternoon. Maybe I might take my wife too. We haven't taken my wife too. I haven't done anything with her on the weekend since football started. What oh, was that? Yeah, yeah. Well, we were away for Christmas, so that kind of builds up the brownie points again. But she wants to see. Is it Vice? Yes, about. Christian Bale, is that mm-hmm. the guy? He's pretty good. He's excellent. Yeah, but I probably won't do that. Who am I kidding? I'm staying home. <laughs> Stay at home? That's good is it an, It's probably too cold to antique this weekend, isn't well, it? Well, for her, I mean, I'd guess. I don't know. I don't know. If there's no hockey, 
No, off for All Star uh, break. Well, the All Star, yeah, the the skills is tonight. The games are tomorrow, and then Sunday's an off day, and uh, play resumes on Monday. So that does nothing for you. You've nothing. told me this in the past. No, not a damn thing. Although I do like the format better now. It's three on three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the you know the four divisions. These get their stars, and um, it's a better format. They seem to play defense in it. I used to hate the All Star game, seventeen to fourteen. That's yeah. not a hockey game. That's not a hockey game. It's better now. I I might. I don't know if I will or not. I'm going to watch Kentucky and Kansas tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Going to start my day like everybody with Iowa State and Old Miss. I don't like this. I don't. I wish that we had you know Big Twelve play this weekend would move my needle more than this SEC Big Twelve challenge. It's okay, but it's it kind of seems like it's shoehorned in here to the end of January. It doesn't. It doesn't feel right. Right. And it's Iowa State's got a good play. matchup. They do. It turned they out do. to be. When this came out during the summer, we said yuck. Other than the destination. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And I would have said yuck because I, if I hadn't got to, you know, hadn't visited Oxford when I covered the Liberty Bowl a couple of years ago in Memphis. It's a beautiful, beautiful town square. But not a great program. It's a new arena down there. It is, yeah, right next to the football, right next to the football stadium, right across the street from the Grove. But you figure year number one for Kermit Davis, they're going to be, well, they're pick 14th. Uh-huh. Well, look at them. What a bad draw for mm-hmm. Iowa State. It's a chance for a it's nice a good, quality it, it, road win. Yeah, it is. It's a good draw for us mm-hmm. because it, I mean, could you imagine um, Tennessee, West Virginia, PU? Yeah, I mean, West Virginia's had some teams, which leads me to believe that we're right that this is based on last year's record. These these it must be mm-hmm. has to be. Yeah, why would you? Why would you? Um, no, it has to be before the schedule comes out. Uh, so you don't have any high school stuff tonight. Nope, off for tonight. Got uh, my parents coming in for the weekend and nice. trying to find something warm to be doing. That's that's on the agenda, which is proving to be a little difficult. Rough weekend out yeah, there. Watch TV. <laughs> uh, Hawks, okay. go, Hawks or Gophers? Ghosts. You like the Gophers? I'm going to oh, go the yeah. other way. I'm going the other way. Rebels I'd... or Cyclones? Clones. Rebels. Give me the home teams on both sides. And I'll take the visitors. We're on the opposite side on both. Murph and Andy at two. The Fanatics at four. The Morning Rush starts your week on Monday at six. Until then, have a great weekend. 1460 KXNO.